Culture Tribe Network. This is Reading the Room. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed in the following program are that of the host and or guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Culture Tribe Network, its affiliates, or any employee thereof. Yes, from the Culture Tribe Network, this is Reading the Room. I'm your host, Kyle. And today, the topic of our discussion is the after effects of rape and recovery on the victim. So today, I have a special guest here. She's going to be sharing her story and the after effects of what rape has on its victims. Good afternoon, ma'am. Hi, good afternoon. My name is Sophia and... You know, I'm just ready to tell my story. I think, you know, it would be beneficial to so many victims that was, you know, unable to use their voice or, you know, that was afraid to use their voice because of that shame, that hurt, and that, you know, sometimes you go through that. That was the word, boy. You go through... Mm, victim's guilt and you doubt yourself like did it really happen to me you know so i'm here to talk about the after effects and the whole process so documenting what happened to me and like how i'm still coping through everything because healing is not linear and you know i'm still struggling with the fact that it happened to me so coming to acceptance basically yes i mean yes and you said a lot of victims before wouldn't have that confidence to step out and don't know who to talk to mm-hmm. or if any who to could actually lean on. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that you coming on the platform as well would help a lot of people due to the fact that I know this is something that is mentally draining. It is. Mentally, mentally draining. And a lot of people don't know the psychological effects this has mm-hmm. on you and the amount of things you have to go through whether it be medication, whether it's going to see a psychiatrist. Yes, even look at that. As well as making a report. Because a lot of people don't have that confidence in the The judicial system system system. as well, in the police as well, to even go and Mm -hmm. report. And some persons might be fearful Mm -hmm. that, hey, if I go report this issue, is this person going and come after me? And get justice or Um, anything like that. I get justice for that. Because some trials go on for years. Exactly, exactly. You know, and that's a big fear. Who knows, maybe by you coming on here, somebody might hear this and say, hey, I just sound so familiar. You know? So, then we're going to dive into it. And if I could just inspire one one. person, that would be my goal, you know, just to know that, you know, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And it, it, the sad thing is it has happened to so many women before me. And I just really want to let them know that they're not alone. You know, they're not alone. I was battling with the fact that, yo, should I really make a report or should I stay silent? And after two days, I hesitated to make the reports. And it just, it doesn't start, okay, you make the reports and that is it there. You True. have to make a statement. You have to do the the ID parade. You're going to have to make several statements and make sure that they align with the first one. You're going to have to see the victim in their face. You're going to have to go back to the place, the crime scene that happened. You're going to have to 
um, speak to, you know, officers and they're going to question you. And it's a lot. Yeah. It's a mental... It's it's a, yeah, it's it's mentally exhausting, you know. But I'm doing this for the for the woman that that can speak up. I'm doing this for Ashanti Riley. I'm doing this for Andrea Barrett. I'm doing this for Hope. I'm doing this for Leah Lamy. I'm doing this for all the women before me. That and the ones I I I, I can name because it's so much, you know. Indeed, indeed. You know. So I think we're just gonna start to dive into the meat of the topic at hand. So, when this incident had transpired, mm-hmm. were you aware initially of what had taken place? Or was it something that, you know, did you see certain red flags and ignore the red flags? I saw some red flags, but I didn't take it on. Because I feel like what what they try to do is play a role in the sense that they'll come off as a gentleman so they can gain your trust. Okay. And that's what they did. They gained my trust. And me, I was very naive in a situation where I went into that trap. I fell into the trap. You fell victim to the trap. Yes, basically. And I was led on, basically. They premeditated on this, but I... They were red flags that I, I I ignored basically, and and I know a lot of victims can relate to the fact that they feel that guilt because I should have known better. Right. I want you to know that you know it's okay. It's not your fault whether you dressed a certain way, whether you were intoxicated, whether you know whether you are not person that were in a relationship or anything, it is not your fault. And then in three point of whole is unacceptable. Exactly. Is unacceptable exactly. on all fronts. Zero tolerance for rape. Exactly. You know? Zero tolerance for rape. And um while making the report, I was pretty strong, actually. I feel like for me, what happened for me, the first stages was um denial. This did this situation actually happened to me. Yes. You, you couldn't come to the realization exactly. that you would hear these stories, you would read articles on these things, but... When it happens to you, you're like, like what? Did yep. this actually really just happen? Exactly. And your body is asking for questions. Yeah, because you in bu- disbelief. Exactly. You're like, did this happen to me or am I just making this up? I was intoxicated and I was also drugged and unconscious during the act. So that is something that still um lingers on your mind. Yes, to this day. Um I still battle with that. So right. yes, we we're talking about this heinous act mm-hmm. you would say that transpired with you. Mm-hmm. Right? And coming to the realization that this actually happened to you, as I said, you are in disbelief. Yes. Shock. Sometimes you Start to blame yourself. Yeah. Did I really put myself in the situation? Was I that naive to exactly. actually fall for like, you know? Why am I so stupid to, to give in to that? Right? Because some things were just like it's obvious. It's obvious. And, and you know, you're you're still giving to it. So that is that lingers in my mind like you could have looked at the red flags. I mean, know the older people usually say if something is too good to be true then it isn't, mm-hmm. right? And I know some people come with a lot of false promises and you say, okay, well, I never see a guy come off like this before. 
So let you know me, you're let watching it. Let me it figure it out. out. Exactly, exactly. We play out the scenes and see what happens, you know? And as you said, there were certain signs probably when this would have, before this would have happened, before leading up to it, well, leading up to the mm-hmm. incident, I show you, as you said, there may have been certain red flags, but, you know, you're giving the person the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of women we'll do, that. do that. You know, I just look, I'm just looking too much into it at the exactly. present moment. I'm and probably you, just, you know, uh, overthinking it. Exactly. And probably based on how, as you said, how the person would have portrayed themselves. No, I doubt this person had that intention. You know, mm-hmm. he's a gentleman, you know. Mm-hmm. Because a key thing right now is a rapist does not have a certain look. Correct is right. Correct is right. A rapist does not have a certain look. They do not look like what you see on TV. They don't look sketchy. They could be an average Jew. They could be in a suit and tie. And you would never know. You would never know. So I want women to know that a rapist does not have a certain look. Anybody can be a rapist. And rape is anything and anything without consent. Okay? Whether you are married... Whether you're in a relationship, if you did not give consent, if you did not verbally say yes, or you did not give and give that, because sometimes you even have, because sometimes in sex you don't even have to say yes. You, you, yeah, that, certain, yeah, you yeah, can feel a certain vibe, to, yeah, certain vibe, certain cues, as you would say. And I believe you hit the nail on your head with that, not giving consent to it, because a lot of people, I believe, feel just because they're in a relationship and mm-hmm. probably the person just saying there's two persons here as mm-hmm. a man or a woman. It mm-hmm. could be on the other front as well mm-hmm. with the woman herself. She wants it and you, you know. You just yeah, like, well, that's my that's woman. I just want to lie down. You know, get exactly. On, you know? And she's yeah. not anymore. She's tired. You understand what I'm saying? So, as you quite rightly said, it's something that is where you do not give consent. Mm-hmm to the act it doesn't have to be verbal consent it could be certain cues as well if mm-hmm. you want a certain person have a certain connection mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying so yes back to this topic as you said and then give consent to the act no at all and the situation played out and within the first day the first few days, first I was few in days denial. Yes. Of it. And so, mm-hmm. even something basic as going to work, if you had gone to work the next day, how did that, you know, Fee? mentally play on you? Were you able to get through your day? Not really. I lasted 17 minutes on work. Wow. <laughs> 17 I, minutes. Tough. I, I know some people wouldn't even want to go to work the next day, but there's something mm-hmm. which, as you said, you were in denial. So, yeah. you're thinking like, this really like a normal day for me. Yeah. And it's really when you reach it start the flashbacks probably started to happen. Exactly. You you actually don't feel like yourself. Your exactly. body itself You're is numb. not feeling like the body I had. Exactly. Ago. Because it was violated. It was like it's like your home being broken, broken into. into. You don't feel safe in your exactly. comfortable within your own Exactly. Self. And I feel like that was why I was able to go to work so normal. Because I'm still in denial and I was numb. So I was able to function. Up until a certain point, 70 oh, minutes, Exactly, exactly. Because after two days, I broke down. I was like, Sophia, you're sick. This is not right. You do, you know for, your, for, yourself and your, for yourself that something happened to you and your body needs answers. You yes. know, and this is where you go into that stage of depression. depression. 
you go into that stage of depression. All my interest, I be, I began to lose interest. Just, I love listening to podcasts. I didn't want to listen to any. I love doing yoga. I didn't want to do any yoga. I didn't want to draw simple things. I was taking care of myself. I don't want to be it. I don't want to comb my hair. You probably don't want to be amongst people. I didn't want, exactly. I don't want to tell anybody because there's that shame around it. And you don't want to hear that. Well, you probably look for it. Yep, you know, a lot of people say, oh, so you didn't see the red flags exactly. at the end of the day. Exactly. You, oh, so huh. what were you wearing? Exactly. It doesn't matter what you were wearing at the end of the day. Exactly. It does not matter what you were wearing. Exactly. Once you right? did not give consent, consent, it does not matter your clothing. You know? And um, I went into that state of depression. And to be very honest with you, I'm still going through that phase of depression but now it's functioning where i can come here and, and openly be, exactly and be and strong about, about it, it and yeah have the confidence to say exactly. this is my experience yeah right and even after that we were talking about we were talking prior to this about certain things that you would have to would that you would have gone through i should say mm-hmm. right um could you like shed some light of exactly what would it after making a report, you said you would have to go and do a rape proce- kit. A rape kit. Yes. You so, would like to disclose exactly um, what that so entails? So it's something like a pap smear. Okay. The doctor has to... Um, It's very explicit. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So you wouldn't dive directly into I wouldn't into, dive directly, it. but it's an uncomfortable it's feeling. feeling. It is a very uncomfortable feeling. And I do not wish that on anybody. It's uncomfortable. It's humiliating as a woman. that You'd have to go through something like that to prove, that. you know. And there were bruises um, on my skin, you know. Um, I, didn't, I did not disclose any bruises on my skin because I was still in denial. In fact, thinking that, you know. Well, that probably happened from a fall or something. Yeah, so at the end of the day, as you guys are in denial, so you don't yeah. want to believe, although they are visible marks or visible evidence you should see, mm-hmm. you still try to play it off. Play it off that this didn't nah, come from this, the, Yeah, I probably fall along or something. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So you other know? than that, getting the rape kit, as you said, would you have had to go on and do other medical Yes. Tests as well. So I had to speak to a doctor. I went to a stress clinic. Um, I had a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. So going to the doctor, you know, you'll get your vitals. They would um ask you questions on how you felt. I was given sick leave. I was off of work for a month. I was not able to work at all. I did not want to interact with anybody. Anybody? Yes, yes. Would that you even? I'm sure you did not even want to leave your home. Exactly. I was frightened, honestly, to leave my home because I was scared at the fact that, you know, they they could do that again to me. Exactly. Or somebody else could do that again to me. So the trust in people is just broken. Exactly. Trust in everyone is broken. You don't know who to trust. Some, exactly. You, you don't even want to trust your own shadow. Exactly. Because when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, this isn't me. I don't remember this person. It feels like a house that that has no an owner. Empty house, exactly. An empty home. Exactly. And your body's a temple and nobody should violate that. Exactly. Temple. Nobody should come into your temple and and throw the adornments on the floor. No one should do that. 
Indeed. No one should throw that away because that is yours. That is yours. Like this is your physical vessel. And all of these things, I would assume, would be out of pocket and costly. Yes. That's, so that's another that's effect there. As a well. lot of money to spend on. Well, I got help from the, the government with the with the stress clinic and everything, mm-hmm. but speaking to a private doctor as well was costly. You know, and being out of work for a while, like sick leave, can only do so much. Correct, that's right. You know, it can only do so much, and um, I'm the type of person to do things on my own. I don't so like to ask for help. help. I understand. And in a situation like this, you have to, to ask, ask for, for help. help. Even though your person that would have done everything for yourself, mm-hmm. you need a pillar there. Exactly. You know, a strong support system exactly. there. Because if you do not have that strong support system, as you said, you're already battling depression mm-hmm. and going through so much. Mm-hmm. Right? There's only so much you could only do for yourself at some point. Exactly. And some... At the end of the day, certain people deal with situations differently. Some people might be able to hold their own. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people, a lot of people that need that support system. They mm-hmm. do not know where to turn based on certain things that you have said before. Mm-hmm. Fear of being judged by society or and others. That, and that's self-shame as well. That's self-guilt. You know, and I'm saying this for myself as well, that it is okay to ask for help. Because I'm still learning that. I'm still learning that it's okay to ask for help, you know? And um, in a situation like this, I honestly have to thank everyone that supported me because I, I gained a lot of support from my co-workers, from my friends, from my family members, from people that I didn't even know, from any hospital, people that I met in the clinic. And, and the thing is, right, one of the reasons that inspired me to say this is because they said, me too. I've been in a situation like that too, but I didn't see anything. And I'm like, this has to end. And correct is right, because I'm sure there's a lot of persons, yeah. as we stressed on earlier, that would have gone through similar circumstances like these. Exactly. And fear of being judged, wouldn't even have that self-confidence to even come out and exactly. say, this happened to me. Because, you know, society always would like to come out, hmm, I wonder what she was wearing. Hmm. Or the, hey, and if she's lying, boy, exactly. to look for something no. to probably bring down his image or whatever. Exactly. You exactly. know? Well, zero tolerance on rape, rapists, violence against women. Mm-hmm. You know, zero tolerance on that. But one thing I want to add to that is, you know, recovery. And <laughs> you can't stay down forever. I know that this is a difficult time for me and for others going through it. But you can heal from this. Life goes on. Unfortunately, I still have bills to pay. Exactly. I still have to go to work. You still have an education to to aspire for. You still have to do certain tasks, you know? Because you're still a human, you're still functioning. As much as you feel dead inside, you're alive. And your body is alive and the thing is i'm grateful to be alive because looking at the situation with ashanti riley that is one of the things that inspired me to actually come out that broke my heart that had my heart in smithereens because we were looking for her and that could and i don't want to hear that could have been my sister 
that could have been my my cousin, my niece. That is a human being. And I feel like people, we, we have lost our humanity. You know? We should look out for each and everyone, regardless of race, religion, social status. We should all look out for one another. You know? True. We should all look out for one another. And that, that, that inspired me. And to recover, well... For me, what I'm doing to recover is accepting the fact that it happened, but not letting it define you. Correct, that's right. So uh, what are you doing currently that's helping you, let's see, move forward with this, or help you recover mm-hmm. in this aspect? Because I know it's not something that's just going to happen off the bat, mm-hmm. just so that, okay, tomorrow you're going to wake up and everything is and, all and peaches honestly, and roses again. That's yeah. what I thought, honestly. I was giving myself two weeks to be fine. And that's not the case because we're in two months now. And I'm sure you're still battling with this daily. Yes. So with the help of my medical doctors and my psychiatrists and my friends, and then with the help from God, because I can't do without God. And um, I attempted suicide about three times. Oh, wow. All right. One of them led me to the psychiatric ward. I overdosed on... Um, I, I wouldn't call the the medication the medication, itself. but it was to help you fall asleep. And you're trying to put yourself on a permanent sleep. Exactly, more, because I always say that sleep is just a microdose of death. And when you come to a place in your life where you have, where you feel like you have nothing else to live, live for, for, you just permanently want to end the pain. And sometimes it's not that you want to die, you know. Is that you want the pain to stop because dealing with PTSD, the flashbacks, you never know when it's coming. I used to time my flashbacks at first before I knew when it would happen. I knew at night that around after eight, nine o'clock, I always had to get outbursts and get flashbacks. But sometimes it would happen in the day. Right? And I just wanted the pain to end. And Every suicide attempt, I lived. I lived. I could have died in the last one. I could have died. And if I'm being honest, there was a, a little piece of me that was ready to die, like, l- given up. My body was, like, True. given up. Especially, like, in a circumstance like that, you know, nobody could know exactly what you are feeling inside exactly. and how you are feeling exactly after going through something like that exactly right? you feel humiliated exactly. you feel embarrassed exactly right? and i'm not advocating for suicide but sometimes people don't know they, they're not in your shoes to know, to know the extent and the pain that you feel especially if you were to see the poopy treater exactly because right? i'm I, sure I, mm-hmm. that would have put certain fears in you and something would trigger you. You exactly because you're saying, okay, this person did this, and I'm seeing this person just here on social media, media going about their life, or even like seeing something like a car. Even entering a car now, you're first of all, you're probably vigilant even before entering the car. No, mm-hmm. it's like you can't trust anybody, you can't mm-hmm. trust anything, or something that reminds you, you of, of them. the incident, exactly of the incident, or even getting a smell because. I'm, I'm I'm sure victims can relate to getting that smell again of the like the person, the person and the incident incident. itself. There's a scent that lingers for a while, 
And I don't know, it's, it's just a random scent. Like, yo. And it triggers you. Yeah. It because triggers it brings you. you back to the initial incident that took exactly. place. Exactly. And um, while being in the psychiatric ward, I was able to, you know, see a lot of victims. Not not knowing all of them, story, all of their stories. But um, I knew that I had purpose there. Yes. Because there was this one girl and she, I am a very, I'm a social butterfly. Despite this and despite want, wanting to be alone, at my core, I'm a social butterfly. And some persons, they just look for that conversation. Exactly. For somebody to hear their story, for somebody to hear them out. Exactly. And I made it my duty to come and speak to her. I made it my duty to speak to her because, you know, we all need love. And I've, and that, not that I feel, that is a purpose we are here on this planet, to love and, and compassion. And I took her under my wing and I was like, come let me come here for you. Because... She probably never had someone even offer exactly. something like that, simple as that. In the psychiatric ward, there's no mirrors because they don't want you with any sharp objects. There's no mm. mirrors. You can't use any clothing with strings. There's a lot of restrictions. And I understand why. And I was like, come, let me call me here for you. And she's like, it's dirty. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it's dirty. Let me call me here for you and remind you that you're beautiful and remind you that you have purpose in life. Exactly. And while speaking to her, it was like a reflection of myself. You saw like a young, a young you, vision, vision of, of yourself me. there. Exactly. I felt as if I was talking, like God was talking to me through her. Okay. Okay. Because not to be religious or anything, but God loves us despite our quote unquote baggages, despite our mess, despite our shame, despite our, our, our hurts. He loves us and he sees us. For who we are. Because I didn't look at all of that. Exactly. There's no judgment being cast. Exactly. Exactly. I did not look at all of that. You just knew, okay. I want to do something good for you because I'm sure that probably brightened up her anxiety. And she was up on the median side time after that. (laughs) I I said, listen, you're my sister from now on. And I love you. And I feel like people should get used to saying they love each other more because that's Correct. what we're here to do uh, you know everybody wants to put on the tough person the image the tough personality yeah. that mm-hmm. you know that yeah, that's, that's only uh, you know a verb that's only you know that's only something you see when you're in a romantic love but that's what we're here for uh, I think the world the country by extension need a lot more love especially what we're seeing happening on a daily exactly. daily basis showing compassion and that's that's what I did for her. And I mean, I was discharged a day and a half later and she was sad that I had to leave, but I kept in contact with her. Okay, there's no one access. So you all do keep in contact? Yes. You still do keep in contact yes. with her? I keep in contact with her and I remind her every time I talk to her, I'm like, listen, you're beautiful and I love you because sometimes you need those words, man. Sometimes you need those words. And to recovery... You're going to have to love yourself. And self-love, exactly. Self-love takes discipline. It takes time as well. It takes time. 
It takes discipline. It takes honesty. And it takes looking at yourself in the mirror and viewing everything that happened to you. So yes, I was raped. Yes. I have shame around it still. Yes. There's that feeling of guilt. Yes. I still feel like an outsider in my own body. But I'm here and I'm willing to learn myself again. Correct is right. And yes, you're not letting this incident define exactly. you. Exactly. Right? And I want rape victims to know that you can try again. Every day, you can try again with every breath. You can try again. And your breath should be your teacher as you breathe in and out. That's another another chance you have. Exactly. And don't it's easy to say don't live in the past. Exactly. Right? However, I believe that as you're saying, this in itself should inspire mm-hmm. victims to not just speak out but give them a sense of purpose as well. Exactly. Because you have purpose. You have purpose. And I know you have purpose because I'm still alive to tell my story. Yes. And the other victims that are alive, still alive as well to tell their story. Even if they don't feel the confidence, I hope that they're listening and they know that it is okay. It is okay. You know? It was okay and you are loved. God loves you and I love you despite that, that situation. And it should never happen to you. And I apologize on behalf of, you know, the men and the women, because women as, as well can Great be right. yeah. you know? Yes. So I apologize on behalf of the men and the women that, that did not view your body as valuable. And as just, sacred. Exact, as sacred. And they, they just took advantage of your temple. And I apologize because you are worthy and you are worth more than diamonds and gold. You, you are priceless. You're priceless, you know? And healing will come slowly, but surely. And don't, like I said, don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you need to be an antidepressant, take it, man, because I'm an antidepressant. And I am very big anti-pharmaceutical. <laughs> I am big on anti-pharmaceutical. But however, at some point, you're going to have to. Exactly. And honestly speaking, it has helped me a lot. Because I'm on it right now. And I'm here to tell my story. You know, take that aid. Take that aid. Take that first step. There's the stress clinic. If there's anything I can lead, leave the link or leave the number. Talk to somebody. You can, you can talk to me. me. <laughs> you can talk to me. You can call me and tell me. Because I understand. I understand how um, it feels. And, it? you know, it's not an easy road. But... We will get through it. Men and women, we will get through it. I like how you said we would get through it. Exactly. Because you're not alone in this situation. You're not alone. There's always somebody that has been through it. And sometimes they've been through worse. worse. Incorrect is right. Not trying to invalidate anything. But sometimes people have been through it worse. You know, I've heard a story about a woman that was raped and they left in a pig pen. Wow. Wow. The left and her big pen. Yeah. And she had to find her way back out. I know some person, like, after something like that, some person just give up on life. She's alive today, and that's the testimony. So, as I said, that's 
if these things happen, it's not something that is going to just be there to define you as a person because all stains come off. Exactly. All stains come off. Exactly. But take some time to get to know your body again. If it's a small task of learning to take a shower, be compassionate and be slow. Take some time. Be, breathe. Be intimate with yourself. Exactly. Get to know yourself again. Get to know who are you. Like, who is Sophia? What does Sophia like? Who is Sophia before the rape? Right. Um, and how can I be another vision of Sophia after the rape? And being intimate with yourself. So because you're there, a lot of people don't realize being intimate with yourself has nothing to do with sex as well. Exactly. Because a lot of people put this idea that intimacy is just sex-related. It could be a conversation. Exactly. It can be romancing yourself. I love to say romancing yourself as a... I love tea. And that's <laughs> that's my intimate woman right there. You know, she has a little British in her. She likes the tea. <laughs> I love tea, right? So I love pouring a hot cup of tea for me and going outside and watching uh, the stars. stars. I love looking at the stars and reminding myself that even though I'm a small speck in the universe, I have purpose. Purpose, indeed. Indeed. I have purpose and you also have purpose. Okay? You will get through this. You will survive and you're here today. And there's nothing I can do to change to change what, what happened. But what you can do is change your mindset. Don't have that defeated mindset. You're not oh, defeated. Oh, why does have to happen to exactly. me? Exactly. You are resilient and you are strong. And you are brave for continuing. Because there are women going to work still. Women who mm. have kids still. Women and who have married do still. Not, do not know what these people go through exactly. on a daily basis. And they put on a brave exactly. face. Exactly. And I... Um, this is something that my mom asked me, actually. You know? Well, not my mom, not my, not my mother, mother, but how are you going to have relationships with men after? After. Indeed. Because that level of trust is just broken it's going and severed. To be, and I want the men and the women as well to understand, to have that patience, that compassion. Because honestly, it's a lot of us who's been through this. And sometimes men don't speak up because, you know, double standards. standards. Exactly. How society would view them. Exactly. You know? I've heard too many stories about men and, you know, women twice their age. And that scars them. And that's not correct. That's not right. How about have that patience with them? And you can love again. Don't have that... Don't give men that power for you to resent them yeah. for the rest of your life. Because a lot of persons, because I don't want to touch on that, because a lot of persons after something like this to happen, they tend to get more aggressive and cool-hearted. And, and start to go you on know, that, no offense to the I hate man train. Or I just hate people in general Yeah, train. I hate people in general. And and that hate is just hurt with a hurt, mask. Hurt with a mask and never fully recovering from the ordeal in itself and as you said 
some persons, their recovery might be shorter than some. Some might be even longer. Mm-hmm. So it goes to goes back to you getting to know yourself again. Exactly. And knowing the steps in which you have to take to properly recover from such mm-hmm. issues. Exactly. Like, so I can give you tips on what I did to help me. Because now I feel better. I, I'm not 100% better. But I'm on that road to recovery. recovery indeed. You know, I, I journal a lot. I honestly, I could post a video of like how it felt from the beginning to, to, the, end. to the end, to the psychiatric ward. To, you know, some days I would be okay. And some days I would just feel like doing nothing. Like not sleeping, not eating. Because I, I had serious insomnia. Because sleeping for me was a fear of being violated again, you know? But what what worked for me and what is working for me is speaking about it, allowing yourself to be sad. True. Give yourself that time to be sad. But don't dwell on the sadness exactly. and the sadness. Because grief is something, grief is important. Yes, we need to grieve, but the grieving process should not be forever. Life goes on. And that's that's the reality right there. True. And to touch on something as well, as you wrote recovery and getting to know yourself and mm. getting intimate with yourself as well. Try new things as yeah. well. Because a lot of persons, when you try, you might know what is for you. As you exactly. said, generally, a lot of persons could even try writing as well. You exactly. Know? And Not you can write, find new passions and while find new passions doing that. And trying new things and that would put a new you to a certain You could be an advocate. Yes. Right. You can be an advocate, right? For gender-based violence, you could be an advocate. You never know. You never and know. And every, after every cloudy day, after every rain, is a rainbow. At the end. At the, At end. the end. Yes. You know, so there is hope. And the sun will come back out exactly. and shine. It and might you, be shining right now, but it's going to come back exactly. at some point and brighten up your day. And you can try again. You can try again. Get to know yourself again. And, you know. Yes, folks. So, <laughs> this was the first part of, I would like to believe, many. Because I know there's still a lot of things we would have to and would like to touch on in dealing with this topic mm-hmm. right about now. So, I would say this would be the first part yes. to some continued work and continued and collaborations. And we we'll go into in-depth and some things might be a little, you know, v- v- explicit. Yes. But that's the reality. Of it. Of uh, it, you know. We would see your progress as it exactly. along this road of recovery. Exactly. And you all could document right. this with me. Exactly. And, and we on this journey together. together. Exactly. So, tell folks, this, this might inspire you after hearing Sophia's ordeal thus far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you yourself could give, this could give you inspiration yes. to start back being you or being a new version a of A new version yours, of you. A resilient version, version of, of yourself. You. Right? And you don't know? let nobody strip that away from you. Strip away exactly. your identity. And your true essence. You were still you at your core, no matter what they did to you. You were you at your core. And don't ever let this this will define you and tell you what you are not. You know? And you are loved. Yes, don't forget that. Yes. You are loved and there are persons out there that are willing to mm-hmm. give you the right love that you so naturally yes. desire and deserve. So don't shut out 
everybody will do. Yes, you yeah, right now you need yeah you need that alone time. Let's be real, you might need that alone time, but it won't be for long, man. The people that care about you, there are a lot of people that care about you. Indeed, indeed. You know, and and accept that love, accept it, and giving love is one thing. We see receiving it. And I'll, that's all. That's thing. Some persons give more love and don't know how to receive exactly. that love. But that might be our next topic. So you never know. Yeah, that would be another topic of discussion. So yes, folks, this has been Kyle along with Sophia, and she was sharing her experience with being how to put this reap mm-hmm. on her road to recovery. Yes. So, so, folks, I hope this does inspire you. Sophia, would you like to add any last words before we end this episode? Yes, um, I would like to leave a little video, probably, if not on this episode or next time, to show you all my progress and how I, you know, dealt with it. So you can see that. And I want you to know that you're not alone. And um, you can... Contact me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Captain Ben CPT dot B E N. And you can speak to me. You know, if it's anything, I will try to make myself available. And I'll be your sister in this. And like I said, we will get through this together. Yes, guys. So this concludes our segment on reading the room, a part of the Culture Tribe Network. So Sophia, we want to thank you again for being Breathe and have any confidence yes. to come on. Thank this. you for having me here once again. No problem. And we would definitely be looking forward to having you in the future. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay, folks. I'm Kyle, aka Rob. And this is Sophia. And we are out for the day. Bye. See you later. Pshh.